everybody, Mackenzie Lambert here, your host for Mecca the Movies, here with a special Brucey bonus uh, for the podcast. Uh, if you don't know what a Brucey bonus is, then you might want to consult Urban Dictionary, or maybe you don't. That's all up to you. I uh, was recently a guest with the Cabinet of Dr. Howdy podcast, uh, along with uh, Will and Jeff, and we talked about video nasties. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the video nasties discussion. video nasty list craze a little bit of history of it and it kind of rolls into the last seven sale because they've released a shit ton of video nasties um you know from uh, all kinds of different errors not errors the 70s and 80s so on and so forth um so uh without further ado here's uh, my favorite big sack jeff what's up guys good to be back talking about some sleazy sleazy movies and like will said the last seven sale you know with delirium and uh you know, don't go in the house and, do, you know, house on the edge of the park kind of got us thinking. Uh, this was actually the person I'm going to introduce. It was his idea to start talking about these video nasties and uh, hopefully do something a little fun with it. Kind of do a little uh, maybe some brackets here and kind of break it down as to uh, which ones we feel, you know, are, are the best out of them. So I'm going to introduce uh, our guest today, and that is uh, Mackenzie. And if you want to go ahead and plug your name, he also runs a podcast as well. So talk about that a little bit. How you doing, Mackenzie? I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm Mackenzie Lambert, host for Making the Movies, where I go through everything from art house to grindhouse and sometimes even the outhouse. <laughs> I've, go I've gone through a whole slew of grindhouse box sets. So that's been probably the most fun I've uh, had a chance to uh, experience, uh, checking out stuff like Blazing Magnum, Slavers, uh, some Prime Cameron Mitchell, and also going through the big stuff like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Ghostbusters. So I, I go back and forth between the grindhouse and then the mainstream stuff. 
Uh, and I can also break a little bit of big news. I have been asked to write a horror comic inspired by the Italian giallo of Mario Bava and Lucio Fulci in Argento. Oh, so looking awesome. forward to that. Good for Fuck you, man. Bullshit. Awesome. Yeah. And, and, and Mackenzie also uh, got me on to uh, the 2022 Giallo calendar, which I appreciate you uh, hooking me up with the details on that one um, I, off Amazon. So uh, I appreciate that. I can't. I can't wait to uh, put that up on my fridge for my kids to see and everything like that. So <laughs> get them when they're young. Yeah, right. That New York. <laughs> that New York Ripper uh, uh, cover there. Um, you know, it's funny that you met. That we we talked about that star while they're young. I have a, a big ass uh, poster um, of Lucio Fulci's zombie up on my wall, and my daughter, my oldest daughter, wasn't ever scared of it, but my middle daughter is absolutely terrified of it. So I actually had to take it down. But I replaced it. I replaced it with the Ghost Galleon, um, you know, Tombs of the Blind Dead. So nice. Well, that's a well, little bit better. Sorio, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's, it's starting while they're young. Thirteen-year-old, uh, thirteen-year-old Robert watching Cannibal Holocaust. That was starting when he was young. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Will Will showing his uh, poor nephew Cannibal Holocaust. You know, probably. <laughs> probably has some gross and nasty ideas now from you thank you thank you will yeah listen he's grown up all right yeah i mean he yeah. definitely grew up with that yeah. movie <laughs> he, might, he might be killing off neighborhood squirrels in a shoebox and torture him what are they doing to the pregnant lady <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing viewing time you know that's that's bonding right there you know? that's right man absolutely the ghost uh, that's I, I love tombs of blind dead i don't want to go so every time you bring that up i always I love the, go the Ghost Galleon, too. It doesn't get a lot of love. It's definitely the cheesiest one uh, because they use a lot of miniatures in it and stuff. Um, but uh, I don't know. I have a fondness for those movies. They just they all have that kind of uh, atmospheric appeal, you know, and uh, they're, they're just they, they all move at a funeral pace. Yeah. So they're just they're just fun movies, man. But uh, I, I figured it was nice to hang up because I, it has it has pink and purple in it. So, you know, oh, you my, da yeah. my daughter might like that color scheme, you know, so. Well, a little bit of a controversial opinion. I actually think uh, Desorio's best stuff wasn't one of the Blind End films. I would probably go with Demon Witch Child. It's probably being his best film. Demon, his yeah. uh, Exorcist knockoff, which is really, actually, really amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's done. He's done a lot of interesting stuff. You know, Tombs of the Blind Dead always kind of takes the, uh, always kind of uh, takes the spotlight. But yeah, I mean, he's done. He's done some other great stuff as well. And you know, Scream Factory you know, did that double disc of, of his stuff. But, you know, it would be great to get more of his uh, releases for sure, especially getting a, a goddamn update of, you know, the Blind Dead collection. That would be really nice, you know, but maybe Not in 10 years. 10. Try 20. <laughs> yeah. That's really <laughs> uh, is probably the only person I've seen do a Western that didn't end in a gunfight, but in a fist fight. Hell so yeah. That's, yeah. Hey, putting a spin on the genre there. But yeah, so... Let's talk a little bit about, let's move in the direction of some nasty, nasty movies now. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about video nasty. I think everyone has heard of the term video nasty. I think we all kind of know what it is. But I think a little backstory and a little history is uh, really important here, especially when we start breaking down the different sections of video nasties. Um, because a lot of people really only focus on the prosecuted ones or, you know, the 72, right? But there yeah. are plenty other uh, films in this kind of video nasty repertoire here that people don't really even think that we're on there. Um, and some of these releases don't even have, or some of these movies don't even have releases in the UK still to this day. Um, so Mackenzie, uh, 
is going to graciously take us through some history on the video nasties. All right, for us to get started with the video nasties, we have to go back to that wonderful, magical place, London, England. Uh, back in the early 1980s, this was when Thatcher was a prime minister. Uh, you had the recent boom of video releases because now VCRs were available in England. So you had all of these movies that were being released to video uh, and not to theaters because, I mean, <laughs> to get to a theater, you had to be certified by the British Board of Film Censors. And a lot of these films did not go that route. They figured, okay, so this is the Wild West as far as video distribution with home video. We could pretty much release anything, get make money off of it. Uh, and then it's because of that you had some murders where the kids blamed the movies they were watching. Always, uh, always. Yep, always. <laughs> the, although now for us now, it's, I remember video games, I was just... Yeah, that one shooting recently where someone blamed video games. I was like, okay, I'm waiting for Jack Thompson in three, two, one. <laughs> right. You know, same thing. You know, in Columbine, too, they blame music, Rammstein and Marilyn Manson. You know, it's there's always some type of scapegoat and boogeyman that's getting kids to do bad things, you know. Jerry Falwell blames Satin. Go figure. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, and so then you have the, the British Board of Film Censors are now bringing their attention to these films, and they create the Video Nasties Bill. Uh, then you have the three sections of the Video Nasties Bill. There's Section 1, which were the films that were outright prosecuted. Uh, these are the ones that were banned in England. Uh, some of them some of them would later get uncut because then you have a movie like Alien Contamination, which went from being banned to being their equivalent of a PG-13, which I think is probably like the biggest change right. in rating of the entire video nasties well and i feel like a lot of them were finally unbanned because they actually watched the movie mm -hmm. <laughs> i feel like yep. some of these movies you know they get put on, they get put on the list um you know like one of the stories is you know the uh, little whorehouse in texas you know with dolly parton you know they yes. they seized it because they thought it was a porn you know so mm -hmm. very you know kind of just arbitrary measures of seizure and i know there were some other ones you know like there's no way that they watched, um, you know, Toxic Zombies and said, man, this movie's banned. They probably just saw a cover, saw mm -hmm. zombies, and they said, ban it, you know, because that movie <laughs> is terrible. Like, <laughs> it's not awful, dude. It's not awful. Yeah. And there's some movies, there's some movies too that I'm, I'm surprised aren't on that fucking list. I know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, another funny example uh, regarding in the, the little, uh, what is a best little whorehouse in the West with that's Dolly Parton? It. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That one, that one. Yeah. That, that was a great example of section three. Uh, section three is these films were not outright banned, but policemen and authorities could confiscate them on site off of the video shelves. So this was basically, I guess you could say a vigilanteism censorship almost. Right. And there was another example like that. It was the big red one, the war movie with Lee Marvin mm, and Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People thought the big red one was a reference to a penis. So they had, that's why they <laughs> that was my, that was my nickname in high school, actually. <laughs> the big red one. <laughs> Samuel starring Samuel Fuller. I'm full. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I would say that, yeah, you look at the, the Section 1 and Section 2 list and you're like, yeah, I, mean, I can see why these movies are banned. But then you look at some of the films on Section 3. These are like some of the truly some of the best horror movies ever made. So it's like I, I'm not going to say what they are because they'll probably pop up in some of our lists. So we'll, we'll keep you in suspense for a little bit. But right. yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of the video nasties. And one figure I got to we got to point out is Mary Whitehouse. Yes. Yeah. Mary uh, Whitehouse. She was the Anita Sarkeesian of her day. Mm -hmm. and she was and 
this has got to be the most ballsiest thing I've ever heard about the Video Nasties. The people who were uh, distributing Cannibal Holocaust sent her a copy in the mail. <laughs> I can- <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like her, her reaction and her words against it were like the best publicity you could ask for for that Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem. You know, you had, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the PMRC, you know, Tipper Gore, you know, with music. And they mm-hmm. put the parental advisory sticker on, and all that does is just that's free publicity for these movies. Yep. It, you know, it creates a frenzy. It creates a demand because you know kids want to see this stuff. You know, it's like when I went to the you know when I was in the I remember in the nineties, man, going to uh, uh, the record shops and stuff, and I would see um, Cannibal uh, Cannibal Corpses uh, album covers, right? And I'm seeing like Tomb of the Mutilated and stuff like that. And it has, you know, parental advisory. And I'm looking at the artwork and, you know, I'm maybe like nine years old, 10 years old at the time. And I got that morbid curiosity going, you know, that's just it's it's making me wonder, man, what's so bad about this that they don't want me to hear this. Right. It's just Mm -hmm. free publicity when you do that stuff, you know, censorship, you know, like that. It just doesn't work. I mean, it just it, it creates. And I think we talked about that on a about two episodes ago. Oh, we had Sam from uh, Air uh, 4444 and we were, you know, we were talking about how basically kids try to outgross each other. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a high school teacher and I remember a few years back, kids were sharing, dro- you know, cartel videos where they were killing people, you know, cutting out tongues and they were sharing it over Facebook with each other. And it was almost like. Oh, I saw that you couldn't even watch the whole thing. It was like a challenge to these little psychos. <laughs> but, you know, that's, I think, part of growing up is, you know, you, you figure out where your threshold is. And, you know, these people, it's amazing that they just didn't realize that, you know, like Mary Whitehouse and Tipper Gore. You know, it's it's insane to me. If you want an idea of how stupid it was with Tipper Gore, they gave a explicit lyrics warning to Frank Zappa's album Jazz from Hell. And that <laughs> album is all instrumental. There are no lyrics for the <laughs> Yeah, and it's so good. Yeah, and it's it's it is. It's just funny and you know and that's the thing, you know, when you fight it so much, you're going to have people that want to antagonize you and they want to make something that's more extreme uh just to piss you off. And that's and that's precisely what we see. That's why I like, you know, when I talk about, you know, these these movies back then, you know, these Nazi exploitation movies or, you know, Deodato's movies they're literally just trying to go over the top to rub people the wrong way. That's, and that's what they're made for. And when you can, when you can figure that out, it's not as offensive. You know what I mean? Of a movie, but oh, oh yeah. And, and it was also financial as well, because Japan loved those gory horror mm-hmm. movies. Like the same year ET was the biggest box office draw in Japan. The second biggest box office draw was cannibal Holocaust. Hell yeah. <laughs> Japanese man. They, they should have they did a sequel cannibal Holocaust with ET. That would have been, that been pretty great to see. <laughs> that, reminds uh, me of that, that reminds me of that meme where it's like, I'll tell you what, if it was ET, me and my neighborhood friends would kill it with a hammer. That's the sequel. <laughs> you hit ET with a hammer with your friends in the fucking neighborhood, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, the that's... truest meme in the world too dude et would have been dead <laughs> don't answer the phone et yeah don't answer the phone that would have been, that's a great grindhouse title right there don't answer the phone et i like that <laughs> all right will let's let's kind of go over some of our favorite video nasty so um i don't know if you want to t- start will or you want me to yeah, i'll start it up yeah, um, go yeah, ahead. yeah yeah yep so i picked five 
uh, beautiful films. Um, you know, you can you can really sit down and watch it with your wife, girlfriend, husband, boyfriend, and uh, you're gonna get it on afterwards. Uh, probably <laughs> you're gonna get lucky after watching any of these. Actually, a couple of them are a little. Uh, actually, one of them is actually a phenomenal film, but the rest are just filth. And uh, they actually probably did deserve to be prosecuted. Well, three of them deserve to be prosecuted. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have a weird sense of uh, morbid shit, so you can't really go off of me. But the first one I want to go over, and this one is rightfully so prosecuted and, and had a frenzy over it, is the uh, – and I think it's the best Nazi exploitation besides Elsa, um, which is The Beast in Heat. And I love when I give – I got like AKAs here, man, AKA SS Experiment. Uh, group two, SS Hell Camp, and the horrifying experiments of the SS Last Days. So they gave it. They gave it a couple titles there, and there's the uh, the Italian title too, which didn't even try to fucking write it down because I ain't gonna pronounce it right, and it ain't gonna happen. But you look it up and try it yourself. Go, you know, I don't give a fuck. Um, it's directed by a man named Luigi, and I'm gonna say this very American wise too, but it looks like it says Batzella. But Batzilla, <laughs> I like to think it's a fucking superhero that directed this movie, Luigi Batzilla. He is right? a superhero in your book, buddy. Absolutely. <laughs> but basically, this this movie it was released by Severn on Blu-ray, and what what a what a time to be alive! And they're releasing the Beast and Heat on Blu-ray. Right. You know? and, um, it's a war movie through and through. It's a war movie, and the funny thing is, Luigi actually used almost all of the war footage. The fighting footage you see in the movie is actually from a prior movie. So there's them Italians saving that, saving that dinero, baby. That's yeah. how they roll, baby. But um, basically, the big gist of this movie is there's this fucking huge, like, disgusting brute that the uh, SS makes and they experiment on, and I guess they injected him with mutations. And he's a horny motherfucker because they're like injecting him with all kinds of Viagra and shit. So he's like, <laughs> he's the torture guy, right? And he, he yeah. uh, there's 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 some really vile rape scenes in it. Uh, it, I, it ends on a rape scene, a disgusting rape scene, um, and uh, there's a pussy eating scene. Yeah, that, is, that scene is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally a pussy eating scene. Um, <laughs> it's a real vile movie. It definitely, like you know, I'm not, I'm not about censorship, but you know, during the video nasty era, it definitely deserved to be on that list. Right. Um, you know, Nazi exploitation is a real iffy subject for a lot of people, an iffy genre too. So you know what I mean. Have you guys ever seen The Beast in Heat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the farthest I've ever gotten in Nazi exploitation was maybe Bruno Mattei's Private House of the SS. That's probably about as yeah, far right. as I've gotten. It's it's definitely a genre, you know, like Will said. It's not for everyone. But, you know, it's like I always tell people. It's like it's a genre that was made purely. It was obviously, you know, they're all taking notes from Solo, you know, and the Night Porter and, and movies like that. But like, yeah, Salon Kitty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. make, yeah, mm -hmm. and making it and making it nasty. And once you realize that they're just trying to piss you off and trying to rub people the wrong way, you can just watch <laughs> the movies without feeling bad. You know, you can watch a, a chick get her, you know, pubes and pussy ripped out and whatever, man. <laughs> it happens. You know, it's such a vile like torture area too. Like it's just like so experimental. It looks like a mad scientist's lab. They're getting tortured in, and there's this huge like lion cage in the middle of it with this fucking caveman. It's just oh, dude, and he's so it. gross looking too. Oh my God, dude, <laughs> 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 nose. looks yeah. like he's been drinking whiskey his whole life and living in a gutter. You know <laughs> so what I mean? So like, so like you. <laughs> yeah, basically. give me a couple more years and I will be the beast in heat. You know what I mean? I'll be running around Philadelphia in the fucking sewers. Um, 
I can only imagine. I can only imagine Nazis hiding in Argentina watching this movie, and they're thinking, "Why didn't we think of yeah, that? Why, yeah, why didn't we do this? <laughs> what a great idea!" Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! And uh, speaking about sewers, I mean, this is a good transition right into this. Oh, movie. perfect! I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. It has a great fucking ending sewer scene. It's in a sewer the whole ending almost, um, and that is the 1980 Antonio Margheriti. I said that right, hopefully. That's uh, perfect, yeah. Yeah, baby, look at me. I, it's like a little Italian in my blood, you know? A little yeah, Italian. dude, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Cannibal Apocalypse, which I've, me and Jeff has talked about this before. Oh, yeah. Podcast has never had its own. I think we talked about it on the Cannibal episode. We brought it up as like an honorable mention. Yep. Um, but it has Daddy, Father Saxton in it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. God bless him. God bless him. And you know the funny thing is? Uh, I read an article today where he thought this was like a straight up like and it, this is how it was written to me, too. But I guess he thought it was like a straight up Vietnam, post-Vietnam war movie where the, 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 you know, the, the virus of like being in Vietnam and coming back and that type of shit. And it's not until they, uh, they, they got to a scene where he was supposed to eat guts and they brought up all these animal guts. And he's like, what is this for? And they told him <laughs> what, the, what the movie really is. And he was like, yeah, I'm not, yo, he got really mad. He said, take me out of this fucking scene. Like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going right. to start the scene. And I didn't, he said he didn't even know it was going to be a cannibal, like ripping flesh type movie, you know? But, um, it also has, a, uh, Italy's whipping boy in it. Our yeah, favorite. Giov- John Morgan. Yeah, that's right. John Morgan, Giovanni Radice, Giovanni Radice, baby. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, you know, in a nutshell, it's a, it is a post Vietnam war movie. It's about, uh, you know, John Saxon's back from Vietnam and two of his homeboys were, you know, were prisoners of war there. And while they were there, they contracted a virus. And when they finally found them, they brought them back to America. Um, they're in like a mental institution. And the virus is that makes them in turn into flesh eating cannibals. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, uh, great shit ensues. It's, it's an entertaining action horror film. It is. It's, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, I think it's pretty melodramatic in spots too. Like it's a little sad in some spots because he's losing his homeboys. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's I love that one. That's you know, and Margariti did a lot of war movies. You know, he did The Last Hunter with uh, David Warbeck, which is another one that's like more serious. But mm-hmm. he was great just in directing war movies, and I love that he took a war movie, something that he was really knowledgeable of, and he put that cannibal, uh, kind of almost like a zombie like spin on it. You know what I mean? And uh, it is. It's just one of the best ones. I, I love that yeah. one. There's some like really like to me some powerful scenes in that movie like not like horror wise like that scene where uh, Giovanni's on the rampage and he goes into the the mall or whatever they're having that standoff that was like a really sad like kind of a sad scene yeah. it was like he's trying, he's trying to talk him like, down yeah he's trying to talk yeah, him yeah, down that, and stuff that yeah happened, that happens to this day I mean we we touched mm-hmm. on that in the Death Dream episode a while while yep. ago but like that that there's a lot of like I said sadder scenes like Jeff said and and then it gets to the end and it's just a fucking action packed. Oh, yeah. off- fucking adventure through a sewer um, chest <laughs> chest fucking blown out rats oh yeah oh man it's great when they bring the that, tour, they bring that, that music score by alexander blocksteiner oh yeah amazing work yep. right there and credit to the screenwriter uh dardando sachetti who was a fulci regular yes yes he did a great job of mixing the war and the the zombie cannibal trend perfectly i agree completely he's he's a phenomenal writer i love cicada he's awesome he just um he has such an imagination on him, and he was so versatile. He did so many different genres and mm-hmm. was really good at every – I feel like he was pretty good at every genre that he kind of dabbled in. So good choice, though. I like that one. Yeah, yep. definitely a favorite of mine. So, um, 
And uh, and to be completely honest with you, I don't really think it deserves to be on the video nasty list. Like, I, I didn't think it would deserve to be prosecuted. There is gory scenes in it, but it, right. to me, it's not, like, as fucking extreme as the Beast in Heat. You know what I mean? Right, like, absolutely. gross and vile, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so my third choice, I will get to a movie that's pretty fucking gross and vile and sleazy as fuck, and I wish New York City was still like this to this day. <laughs> and that is the 1981 uh, Scalavini... Scalapini, Veal Scalapini's Nightmare, <laughs> Nightmare in a Damaged Brain, or Nightmare. Um, holy fuck, what a sleaze dog movie! And me and Jeff were talking about it earlier today. The movie's kind of dumb. Like, there's yeah. just so many dumb plot holes and just like shit. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, the beginning, you really feel like you're inside that dude's fucking head because, like, you're like, wait a minute, what the fuck is happening? Like, oh yeah, geez. super super convoluted plot. Um, oh. And, 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 you know, kind of the, the surprise at the end we were talking about earlier is just kind of hilarious. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, yeah, there's nothing that implies anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, and if you haven't seen the movie, go fuck yourself. You know, I'm going to tell you the ending. But basically at the end, he ends up being the fucking uh, the ex-husband of the girl he's stalking. But it's never implied. So at the end, she's just like, my husband. Yeah, and, and, and it's supposed to like, be like some powerful <laughs> scene. Well, and, and you and you kind of get the idea, you know, when you're watching it, you kind of get the idea, okay, he's revisiting his childhood home or something, right? You know, it's, yeah, yeah, oh, is it his, yeah. chi- it's his childhood home? So maybe that's the connection. And then at the end, it's like, that's my ex-husband. Wait, what? Like, where the yeah, fuck the did fuck? that come from? And, and then what what's up the- with... What's up with the Cheech and Chong guy, you know, in in the yeah. movie that she's sleeping with? <laughs> Bro, that guy's a fucking. That guy was like. That guy was a really nice guy, though. Think about. It. He was like fucking. You want to call? Yeah. It was like a Hallmark movie at that one point. Like, you want to call me dad? Call me dad. Call me <laughs> and, that, father, and then that boy. fucking that fucking kid CJ, dude. I would have fucking ripped that kid apart, dude. That this fucking face, dude. I fucking hate. And then the 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 version you got that you just got on eBay. That cover makes me laugh so much because it's just or uh, what's his name, George. George is. Yeah. Screaming on the cover, right? And it's just this little kid in the corner, like, eh. yeah. Like, hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I feel like they just couldn't get anything right. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like the cover with the fucking the, the random shit that happens in the movie. But in a nutshell, if no one has ever seen it before, it's a serial killer movie in the vein of uh, sleazy maniac uh, type right. shit. You know what I mean? Um, and basically, and, it, and the whole plot of it, him getting out of the insane song makes no sense. Like, Oh, he's on an experimental drug, but he's yeah. Yeah, he's like working for the let's, government. <laughs> let's let's let him out and see if it works. And the first thing he does is to go beats his hog at a fucking peep show. <laughs> that's that's normal. He like passes out, and it's like my my wife watched it with me last night, and she and uh, like when he falls over after beating his hog, he starts foaming out of his mouth. Like, what did he? Is it does he come out of his mouth, not his dick? Like. <laughs> Or is it like a Clockwork Orange type thing where you're supposed to have like an adverse effect it, to it? Maybe or what? that's what it is. Maybe it's yeah. Maybe they don't ever say that, but you know, it's it is. It's a I, really dumb movie, but it's so sleazy and violent. I really want to know like, I, where I, I, that, that was the coolest peep show. I'm a pervert, by the way. That was the coolest peep show I ever seen in my life. It was like a carousel of those where the doors were just opening up. The one, the one before he goes and, and comes out of his mouth. <laughs> It's the it's the one where the girls just like rolling around stripping, you know what I mean? The door yeah. that was like I never seen a peep show that looked like that before, which was that was pretty crazy. Can you imagine I, though, like watching the girl strip and you're just like you all of a sudden make eye contact with another guy across <laughs> from you and that guy's just beating the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be closing the curtain, like get the fuck out of my view, dude. <laughs> but, uh, the reason it was so sleazy too is I think Scalavini uh did a lot of hardcore porn too, uh before he okay. made 
which makes sense. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so the guy basically runs off. You don't know why he runs off. And later on in the movie, you find out why he runs off. And it's not, it's just, like we said, that's my husband. There's a <laughs> lot of good gore. And yes. the, the, the urban, it's not really an urban legend. It's been proven at this point what really happened. But um, Tom Savini was supposedly the special effects magician. Right. And uh, if you look at the special effects, I know Ed French did a lot of it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did most of it actually when you come to find out about it but um that fucking pickaxe to the back oh yeah in and pulling out it's so gory and just oh my god but savini like disowned the film for some reason like he just didn't want to be any way attached to it so he gets really mad supposedly when you bring it up and one of my things i want to do eventually is meet tom savini <laughs> and have him sign a copy of nightmare in a damage break that's <laughs> gonna say i'm sorry uh... yeah apparently wasn't he wasn't he like just like the advisor on it because there's pictures of him where he's like holding the axe and yeah. he's like demonst- and he's admitted he's admitted to that portion of like yeah i was an advisor and like you can kind of tell but he said all of the effects on the movie weren't his at all they were you know they yeah. were all you know, ed french and stuff but you know the throat slit and all that stuff it looks similar to a savini throat slit you know what i mean the, the head getting cut off at the end looks like a savini head getting cut right. off and right he had something to do with it he just for some reason wanted to fucking say i didn't you know i didn't want to touch the movie i don't know he's a weird guy you know tom it's a boy yeah. um but the one crazy thing and jeff you reminded me before we got on was the fact that someone went to prison over this one because of the video nasty craze correct yeah i believe the distributor went to prison for that um uh spent however many weeks or something or months in jail um i'd have to look it up i thought it was maybe like six months in jail or something or eight eight i don't know here we go i'm reading it right now um yeah the distributor was sentenced to 18 months in prison because he refused to edit one second of violent footage that is how much he wanted you to see it God damn right, bro! I thought, honor that one second. For a second. When you started, you're like, eh, eh. I was like, oh god, 18 years? He's gonna say 18 yeah. years? <laughs> he just he got out. No. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Lord! But it that one's on Tubi, by the way. If anyone wants to watch it, and because the the DVD and the Blu-ray are a pretty fucking penny to even get a hold of. So actually, um, I, actually, I'm gonna tell you guys right now, if you're Region Two. There's one up on eBay. I'll edit this out, but there's one up on eBay for 20 bucks right now. 88 oh, films. Really? Yeah. Just I'm grab it. <laughs> I'm going to have to fucking get some now. I'm going to yeah. sit fucking waste money tonight when I get off of this goddamn. Yeah. Uh, or as if you need an excuse to get Tubi, because that is probably the best streaming service out there. I'm not going to lie. Tubi is amazing. Did, uh, Jeff, Jeff, have you gone on the Tubi stream? I have not gone to Tubi yet, man. How many times do people have to tell you? Dude, you know, I don't have a ton. Like, I don't know about you. You guys don't have kids. So I'm like, I'm like busy until like nine o'clock at night, like every night. And then I have like literally an hour, hour and a half to myself before I go to bed. Weekends are a little different, but like, I just don't have a ton of street, like streaming time right now. Once I, once my kids get older and they like do their own shit. Yeah, man, I'm going to be just like hanging out in my underwear all day upstairs and just watching movies, you know? I'm, I'm telling Mackenzie that you're, you're correct. That is the best streamer. And like, the thing is, it's so funny. You can get like, I, su- I subscribe to Shutter too because I'm an idiot. I have so many subscriptions. Oh yeah, same here. Yeah. I got Shutter also. Yeah. It's fucking. But the thing is, like, most of the time when Shutter's done with a fucking movie or they just announced it, Tubi gets it in like a couple weeks anyway. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, like you could literally just live off of Tubi probably if you like shitty movies and weird movies like all of us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, oh, and there's really good stuff on there too. Like I went through pretty much Bill Plimpton's entire filmography on there too, and he's just done some of the best independent animation you could ever watch. Oh shit. So. Okay. 
Nice. Yeah, I, I usually just go in it for trash, and I think they have Full Moon Features channel on it, too. So oh, it's all, Jesus Christ. All the Full Moon films. Shrunken <laughs> Head is one of the best films of all time, so fuck you, Jeff. Wait, uh, what one? Shrunken <laughs> Heads? Oh, shrunk. I thought you said Pumpkin Head. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. yeah, Shrunken Heads is better than Pumpkin Head. E- even worse. No. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, before I get into the movie that did not deserve to be on this list and deserves the – and I think it did get a lot of recognition recently because somebody aired it on Shudder um, – I want to go into, and I made an episode about this actual movie, and it holds a near dear to my heart because it's the first gore film of all time, like explicit, disgusting gore. And it also is the first film to show people with dying with their eyes open. That's That was the big uh. thing at the time. Mm-hmm. H.G. Lewis, 1963, Blood Feast. Um, the oldest film on the list uh, yeah. for the video nasties, from what I think. Yeah, 1963. Yep, yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah, yeah so... Um, you know, not too much to say about this one. It's A.C. Lewis, either love him or hate him. Um, it's Technicolored Love. You know, just it's just yeah. so fun, right? Like, you know, fake looking blood. But I love it. His his blood uh, formula, uh, only like one other person has it, like how he made his fake blood. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, William Kerwin. Uh, one of the actors in the film was the one who he went over the blood formula with. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So the, the movie, too, is like. The movie gives me like Fear Living Las Vegas, where you feel sweaty the whole time. That <laughs> makes me feel sweaty the whole time because it's filmed in like the Florida Everglades. That's what it reminds me of. It's just like a, like a, a town outside the Everglades or whatever the fuck it was. But like, it just makes me this feel like hum- humid and sweaty. But basically, um, it's 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 about a fucking guy. I forget his name. What's his name? Fwad, uh What? Fod Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. Ram- How the fuck did I forget Ramsey, dude? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Ramsey, and, he, and he's basically uh, make, making a big fucking feast for an Egyptian goddess, and uh, yes. he's <laughs> off women and pulling out tongues and all kinds of crazy yep. shit. And um, it was prosecuted, um, which is just like uh, to me, that's fucking awesome. Like, I, if I was H.G. Lewis, I'd be so fucking proud, you know, that that my fucking movie that I made in 1963 got prosecuted and made a big fuss about during Video Nasty era, you know. Yeah, 20 the, something. Yeah, 20 years s- later. Slap that on the VHS <laughs> box and you can sell it off of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. But it's a fun movie and, I, I, uh, you know, it's, there's really nothing bad to say about it. Don't go into it thinking you're going to, like, see the best movie of all time. Right. Um, no, it's like literally a horror comic. Yeah. It's probably the best, closest thing to a Absolutely. horror comic you can see in a movie. Yeah. Damn it. I never thought about it that before. That does it reminds me of like turning the page, like the next scene and shit. Like it that definitely is like it's a horror comedy, absolutely. But um there's another movie, real quick. Uh, I'm not going off topic, I'm not gonna make it long, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a movie. I usually go off topic a lot when we when we do episodes. Uh but there is a movie on the video nasty list called Mardi Gras Massacre, which is almost the same thing as Blood Feast. Mm-hmm. Um it's a little it's not as good. I like Blood Feast a lot better, but it's almost the same exact thing, but it's in Mardi Gras and there's different, you know, different names and shit, but that was also on the video nasty list. So I think they just didn't like Egyptian goddess sacrificing type shit. And, right. Uh, right. Yeah, you know, get- Probably one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, lines of dialogue delivered. Yes. A fortune cookie of death or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so the last but not least, this one, uh, you know, I fucking love this movie. I think Joe Bob uh, showed it not too long ago, maybe last year. I think uh, during one of his uh, things during Friday Night Shutter shit. Uh, but it's 1981 Evil Speak, uh, starring Clint Howard and Don Stark, who is Bob from that '70s show, and he's a fucking dick in it, dude. Like the biggest dick ever. Um, Bull from Night Court is Satan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it's basically about a, a cadet named Stanley Cooper Smith. And uh, it's it's a tale as old as time. You get bullied, right? 
And, uh, you know, he ends up kind of starting to speak to Satan and devils and shit like that. And, uh, basically sells his soul over to get revenge. And let me tell you that build up to the last fucking scene is that last scene is fucking insane. Like I, I, I watched oh, it, it is. So, yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's the best shit in the world. It's just so fucking out there. And just like Clint Howard's a weird looking motherfucker, dude. Just, Oh, he's so weird looking. So <laughs> yeah. weird looking. And this is a fucking sword. It's flying around. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is amazing. But, uh, this is one of the ones that I think it was pretty gory. Um, but this is one of the ones I feel like they saw evil speak and they're like, yeah, this is getting banned. There's no fucking way. Oh yeah. Satanic panic. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that, cause it's really not a, to me, it's not even a hard R. It's just like a, a late R rating. There is like dismemberment, but it's not consistent. Like, like, like a, uh, nightmare in a damaged brain where it's just graphic and vile and sleazy. It's just a, it's a fun time. It's a fun horror movie. Um, I think everyone's a fan of that one on this one, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah, and if you think you know the ending isn't justified, those guys killed a dog. Yeah, so that right there alone, they got to die. Goddamn right, we completely. talked about that on the last episode. It's almost like Christmas Evil, where you're just basically fucking saying like "fuck yeah, Stanley, whoop everyone's ass, sell your soul, and kill everybody." You know what I mean? Like you're rooting, you're rooting for Cooper Smith the whole fucking time, just like Harry in Christmas Evil. You're like "fuck yeah, Harry, kill him." But um, yeah, no, it's it's really good. They're they're my five picks. Um, you know, I wanted to go kind of a, you know, I, I do a lot of talking about like the ones that are like well known. Um, you know, I know, I know somebody's going to go over one of my idols, one of his best movies ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if I had to do, if I had to do like a number six, uh, just because I always have to show it love is Cannibal Holocaust. You know, that's oh yeah. You know, I always have to throw that in there. Deodato's classic. You know, it's it's just a fucking great movie, and you know that deserved to be on it as well. But. uh I'm kind of excited to hear your guys' list. So if somebody wants to take the mic away, yeah. I feel like I'm fucking high as hell rambling I, on. I do want to say for Cannibal Holocaust, that main theme is probably the perfect way to disarm your audience. Because mm-hmm. you hear that theme, you don't even think about cannibals. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then when you see the cannibal action, it's like, oh, I, I didn't know I signed up for this. Okay. yeah, It, it, it gets people all the time, that intro, with that fucking, just that fucking, during the Amazon jungle, and they also just hear that Riz fucking, oh my god, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's a very, it's very, uh, you, you just don't expect it. Um, good old, good old Riz, man. Riz, 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 the man. Um, Rizzy, come on. <laughs> so I'll jump into my <laughs> list here. I'm not going to go into like the crazy, uh, I won't go into any like backstories too much. I just want to kind of talk about why I like some of these. Um, uh, and not, I'll try to skip over the synopsis just a little bit, but, uh, mostly because some of these have just got releases, um, actually by uh, Severin is going to be the first one here. But uh, the first one that I want to talk about is probably one of my favorite horror movies just in general, and that is uh, 1980s Don't Go in the House, uh, Joseph Ellison. It was actually Section 2, Video Nasty. Um, It stars uh, Dan Grimaldi of uh, Sopranos fame. Um, So I I think it's always kind of funny when people are Sopranos fans, and I'm like, hey, man, you got to watch this guy's uh, movie where he's burning chicks alive in the house. (laughs) Um, 1980, <laughs> but um, it was uh, filmed in the Strauss uh, at the Strauss House, um, which is in the Atlantic Highlands in New Jersey. So, uh, Will, you need to go there and take pictures of it. Um, but uh, <clears throat> that's where it was filmed. It's got a great kind of atmosphere to the movie. I love the set designs and, and just kind of inside the house the way it looks. Um, 
basically uh the story is just uh there's this kind of crazy guy named donnie he has a very troubled childhood he's very fit he's fixated on fire um <clears throat> and uh basically he just likes going around and uh killing women um he he kills women he, he burns them alive in the house he has a room set up in his house where he can just torch women he hangs them up on a um you know with a chain and just torches them and then he takes their burnt corpses and he gets them dressed and he has them hang out with his dead mom in the room um and he talks to them and uh it's just a really kind of great psychological movie um, it has really one. It has one really good jump scare in it. That when I, I remember when I first watched, I was watching it at like two in the morning, and I fucking like jumped from the couch when it happened. Um, and it's not even like you know when I think back on it, it's not even that scary. But it's you know when he's like freaking out in the house and he turns around and his dead mother is standing um, over the stairs staring at him, and they kind of do a zoom in on the mom, and there's like a scream on the camera and. Uh, a really, really effective jump scare, though. But definitely, it's just one of my um, favorites. Richard Einhorn does the soundtrack of it, which uh, Waxwork Records just did a release of. And it also has one of the best uh, themes over the credits. And it's uh, struck by Boogie Lightning, um, which I, I fr- I've heard that. I don't yeah. know who does that's a, it. That's a catchy oh, tune. Oh, it's super catchy. And it's so funny because, you know, the movie ends. Um, the movie came out before... Um, uh, maniac so maniac i think maybe took a few notes from don't go in the house with the ending you know with the corpses kind of attacking the the, the main character and um <clears throat> but yeah it's just i love that movie i have a, i have a fondness of that one um and severin is getting ready to release it uh in, next month so they have a new release coming out and i believe arrow is doing their version as well um again just a great great movie um i believe when i was researching it it was originally passed with cuts to the move to the theaters and then um it was released again in 1987 this time with only three minutes and seven seconds cut and then it was re-released uncut for the first time in 2011 um so there's some progress there but it's just insane to me to think you know when we think about these other countries they still ban movies or they still cut these movies down. It's just, it's, you know, I think we take it for granted here in America because we're just so used to having shit just like uncut all the time, you know, but I feel like it's changing with streaming. I don't know if you guys feel like that too. I feel like streaming Disney has made cuts to certain movies and they only have their versions out there now. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Netflix, you know, gets a lot of that cancel culture, um, those cancel culture mobs that come out, you know, with the Dave Chappelle special that came out. And then I th- meanwhile, they'll defend cuties. Right. Yeah. And then, and then at the same time, cuties, you know, that was another one people were calling to be canceled and stuff. So you, you see it happening. And um, I, I don't think it'll ever get to that point because Americans love, you know, being able to say whatever we want and do whatever we want. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, it's just bizarre when I think about these other countries that have these movies still cut. Um <clears throat> The second movie I want to talk about is Umberto Lenzi's Cannibal Ferox. Um, and that was a prosecuted one. And I believe that one out of my list here, maybe one other one um, on the list. But that one basically, I think, deserves kind of the reputation that it has. I don't necessarily think that I don't believe in censorship. But at the same time, um, I definitely think it deserves that reputation. And it holds true to this day. I like Cannibal Holocaust a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think it's the smarter of the movie, the smarter one of the movies. Cannibal Ferox, what I love about that one, though, is it's just so utterly violent and barbaric. (laughs) 
It's literally a coked up John Morgan let loose in the jungle. My, I know. And it is just utter insanity to me. Um, you know, just the shit that happened in this movie. Um, you know, it says, you know, the tagline banned in 31 countries, the most violent film ever made. Um, you know, every time that it's released, um, animal cruelty cuts are always made, um, especially overseas. Um, here in America, we don't really worry about that. Grindhouse released it, you know, uncut. Um, but uh, yeah, just a, a movie that I think really holds strong to this day. And when people watch it, they're still offended by it. I always call Cannibal Ferox like the dumb, brutish little brother of Cannibal Holocaust because it's really not trying to say anything like Cannibal Holocaust. You know what I mean? There's really no message. It's just Umberto Lenzi taking the cannibal formula and, and really just turn it up to 11, you know? If, so, if, uh, if Ferox was a state, I said this before, it'd be Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It would actually be the Florida of, of movies, for sure, man. I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, Where would you put Man from Deep River? Because that's actually probably like the, the classiest cannibal movie you can get your hands on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, we, we talked about that on our cannibal episode before. Um, that, you know, Lindsay is essentially the one who kind of created the cannibal genre. But I think with Man from Deep River is that was more of like an adventure kind of cannibal movie. And I and as we said, Deodato was the one that made it nasty. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Jungle Holocaust, I think, is the first one that really uh, kind of just cranks up the horror elements of it. And then pretty much after that, they're all kind of going after Cannibal Holocaust. You know, they're all trying to go after that nastiness of it. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's definitely a genre. I think when me and Will did that episode, I, I think me and Will said that was like one of the lowest episodes because not a lot of people can really stomach the, the cannibal genre. Yeah, the animal shit throws people off. Hard. Animal shit. And, yeah, and, right, and yeah. understandably so. It's not for everyone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, the next movie on my list, I'm not going to give a crazy synopsis about. Just, um, just go watch it. I don't want to get into it way too much because this is another kind of touchy genre with people. And that is um, 1977's Gestapo's Last Orgy by uh, Caesar Cannavari. Um, that's another one. I think. I think out of all of the Nazi exploitation movies that I've seen, I think this one is probably like the Cannibal Ferox of the Nazi exploitation movies. It's um, it's just a nasty movie. It's um, kind of a former concentration camp victim going through the motions again, and. Um, that's really all I'll say. I'll just kind of give you some of the highlights of it. Um, you know, there's scenes and flashbacks of them eating unborn baby stew or unborn Jew stew, as they call it in the movie. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, dude, it's pretty it's pretty insane. And, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to bloat it up to make it seem like it's going to be some great violent movie. A lot of it is left to the imagination, but I think it's just the context of what they're talking about. And um, the subject matter is what's most disturbing about it. Um, and also, the what aren't, isn't the other title of that? Isn't it like also known as Caligula reincarnated as Hitler? Yeah, Caligula reincarnated as Hitler. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a number of weird Italian titles, obviously, to probably throw off, you know, any type of theaters that might be considering, oh, Gestapo's last orgy. Oh, you know what? Caligula reincarnated as Hitler, whatever. That one sounds better. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that title. Um, but yeah, there's a, a woman that gets drowned in uh, cognac and she gets lit on fire in it. There's tons of scenes of cannibalism, tons of sex in the movie, um, you know, mother daughter stuff, uh, just all sorts of stuff, as the Italians usually do. A lot of incest. 
Um, it's a very just kind of depraved movie. And uh, I Intervision, which, you know, related with Severin, um, they released it uh, on DVD and then 88 Films just released it. 88 Films is a British company, obviously. Um, but the movie still to this day um, is has been refused a video certificate when 88 Films tried to get a video certificate for its release overseas. It was denied again as of 2021. So it still does not have a release overseas. They will not touch it. Um, so I believe they had to move it to a region a only title. Um, again, though, it's a sleazy movie and Nazi exploitation movies aren't for everyone. I think a lot of people, when they watch it, they're like, man, I don't want to feel like a Nazi, (laughs) but at the same time, you know, when you're watching these movies, you have to understand that a lot of these movies, like I said, were influenced by, you know, the night Porter, you know, these more art housey kind of Nazi movies, these fascist movies, night Porter solo, but it's just kind of a really grotesque spin on it. You know what I mean? They're trying to get under your skin. Uh, they're trying to offend you, and I think it does its job well. Um, okay. Absolutely. Um, the fourth one I want to talk about is I know one of Will's favorites, and it's definitely one of my favorites too. I don't know where it stacks up on your list, uh, Mackenzie, but uh, House on the Edge of the Park, 1980, uh, Ruggiero Um I I love this movie. I just I think it's a movie that you know, like many of Deodato's movies, I said in one of my Instagram posts, it, it just the 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 stories about the making, the production stories. Uh, really kind of take a life. They they have a life of their own. And, you know, there's all sorts of salacious rumors that surround House on the Edge of the Park. You know, David Hess uh, basically having unsimulated sex scenes. Uh, You know, if you don't have the, um, if you don't have, uh, I believe the Shriek Show DVD and the Code Red release have the, um, it's like almost a 40 minute uh, interview with David Hess. So if you don't have those, I definitely suggest picking them up because I don't think I saw Severin has that interview on there, but it's a fantastic interview. David Hess was just such a awesome figure. He just, he was so in love with the, with, you know, directing and writing and acting. Um, and, you know, he was known for these sleazy roles, you know, they have the trilogy as they call it. He was in, you know, um, last house on the left, uh, hitchhike. And then this movie house on the edge of the park, that's considered the psycho trilogy or whatever it is. And, um, you know, he just he talks about all these crazy stories. The interviewer asks him, there's apparently a story about David Hess pulling a tampon out of the uh, one actress in the in the movie, you know, in one of the scenes. She's kind of the virginal character that he tears up in the movie, you know, slashes her and stuff. And there's a myth that there was a scene filmed where he pulls a tampon out. Right. Which would have really fucked with censors if that was released but um it was released with 11 minutes and 43 seconds cut in uh, 2002 um it was a fr- it was originally refused cinema c- certificate in 1981 they just refused it all together and then in 2011 it was released with 42 seconds cut so i believe overseas it's still cut and uh i know i was talking to some of my friends over in england and uh beyond and they were basically saying that um you know they want to order it from severin but they're worried that customs is going to basically not send it to them. Confiscate they're gonna confiscate it, yeah. And that was what a lot of people are worried about overseas is that Severn's release isn't even going to get to them because it's still such a touchy movie over there. That sucks, but that's so fucking amazing at the same Isn't time. it? Isn't it? <laughs> like what a fucking legacy Deodato has. I mean, Cannibal Holocaust, House on the Edge of the Park. Just in, it, It's just insane to me to think how many transgressive movies that guy has made, you know? 
I remember I, this had to be almost 20 years ago when I bought a, the Shriek Show copy of Beyond the Darkness, Joe D'Amato's classic, and on that DVD was the trailer for House on the Edge of the Park, or it's House on the Park oh, on the Edge yeah, of the Park. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Fuck up on the title. And uh, the disco instrumental that plays haunted me for years because I could never find it, and only until like a few yeah. days ago I finally found it. So my 20-year journey came to an end. I know. End. Don't you just don't you just love the internet? <laughs> Thank God for the internet, man. God, yeah. it's 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 great. I know you sent that to me. It is a great great track, and I remember watching that uh, when I was going through all the extras on the Code Red disc uh, before I I sold it to someone on Instagram. I want to just go through everything again, and uh, I was watching that trailer after you said that, and I was like, man, that is a pretty fucking awesome song. Um, but it's a definitely one of those movies. I think more of the horror is psychological and, and it, it's definitely violent, you know, but I think there are more violent movies than House on the Edge of the Park. But I but oh, I yeah. think it's just a great psychological movie. I love David Hess in it. Um, he, you know, he plays Alex and he's just such a great maniac. And I love his face when he gets shot in the dick at the end. That is like <laughs> one of the best slow motion things. <laughs> just like 15 second yell (laughs) um i don't don't want to give anything away about that movie but um it's just it's such a when you find out the twist at the end like the twist that happened kind of sitting there like bro you put all your friends through this like just that's and that's that's the only thing i have problems with well and yeah and it's kind of like you know nightmare like we were saying earlier it's like what you know you didn't really need it but but i guess you know to kind of make it some concise story whatever that's cool um but yeah, just I, I I I really like that one. I think that one to me is like, uh, you know, just a grindhouse classic. You know, if you're ever talking about just classic grindhouse movies, you know, Maniac, House on the Edge of the Park, Don't Go in the House. You know what I mean? Just those classic, just grimy fucking movies. Um, definitely up there. The last one I want to talk about is one that I was I was debating about the fifth one that I wanted to put, but I was trying. I was trying not to think too hard on my list. You know what I mean? I didn't want to think way too hard on overthink it. So I just kind of was going through all the sections. And I believe this one is a section two movie. Um, and that is The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Um, Jorge Grau's uh, 1974 zombie movie, which I think is personally to me, it's one of the best zombie movies. Um, it was originally passed with cuts for cinema, uh, for theaters, as it says on the Wikipedia page. Um, and it was released in 1985 uh, with one minute and 53 seconds cut out of it. And then it first it got its first official uncut release as of 2002, which is bizarre to me because I think it's a gory movie, but I don't think it's like compared. To, I don't think it's really sick and twisted. You know what I mean? Like some of these other movies on the list, like House on the Edge of the Park, Gestapo's Last Orgy, Cannibal Ferox, Don't Go in the House. Like those are some fucked up movies like people going crazy and just really psychosexual kind of stuff living dead at manchester morgue is just a great zombie movie but it's not really twisted you know what i mean and beautifully atmospheric english countryside is amazing yeah you think they might say like hey this movie showcases the english countryside no like they they don't care they they for some reason it's one of those movies i feel like they probably didn't really watch you know what i mean i feel like they Mm -hmm. saw the living dead or corpses in the title and they just banned it um, I don't really know what was cut out of the 1985 release. I guess I'd have to look. I'm assuming it's probably the hospital scene where the receptionist gets like ripped in half. Um, you know, there are definitely some gory scenes in it. Um, but I, I just love that movie. I think it's uh, kind of one of the crown jewels of um, 
you know, just horror movies in general, especially the zombie genre, uh, you know, because everyone always that Giuliano Sorgini oh, score, beautiful phenomenal. stuff. Yeah, Sorgini was awesome. Um, I put a lot of his music um, in our in our podcast. I'll put it in the background. Um, he did a uh, he did a great uh, album. I believe it came out a few years back. Well, I mean, it was from a old documentary. I think it's called Africa Obscura. And um, it's from a documentary that he did in like the 1970s. But yeah, he just had a phenomenal style. It was it's very just weird. It's very otherworldly, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I love that movie. It's just a great movie. And if you still haven't gotten the Synapse release, fucking pick it up already. Goddamn, because it's a phenomenal. How much money do you make off uh, plugging it all the time? Shoot. <laughs> so you know what? You know what makes me mad about it is because people complain about the price on it all the time. And uh-huh. it's not really that. I mean, it's 45 bucks. Yeah, that's expensive. I get it. But like, honestly, just fucking go buy it. Don't complain about the price of it. Just go get it. Um, you know, if you're dropping 30, 35 bucks on a Severn title, which no, no, not slamming Severn by any means. I, I enjoy Severn. But, um, you know, Synapse puts a lot of love into their titles. And, you know, it's a steel book. It's a slip cover. It's got a great booklet that goes with it, a poster. Um, a ton of fucking extras on it. I believe it comes with the soundtrack as well. Um, so it's got a lot of shit too. It's got a lot of all the bells and whistles. So I think that's $45 well spent, you know, until they announce the 4k, like everyone always says. So it comes with the soundtrack and here I am. I had it imported from Germany. I, think, I believe, I believe it does. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, a great release. I mean, it's, it's awesome, but yeah, those are kind of my titles. And again, some honorable mentions that I have um, are two of Will's. I mean, Will picked Cannibal Apocalypse. I love that one. And then Evil Speak is just one of my favorites as well. It's just such a fun movie. And watching those stupid fuckers at the end just get their comeuppance, man, is in, is incredible. Um, and, you know, watching, you know, fucking uh, Clint Howard walk around with a massive sword and float in the air is just <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> um, and then another one that I just kind of want to give an honorable mention to is Joe D'Amato's Anthropophagus. Um, again, not one of like the best movies story wise, but again, pretty atmospheric movie. And, uh, you know, it's got babies getting eaten, dude. It's got fetus munching and it's got a meat cleaver to the face and just great, great, great gore in that movie. Um, so yeah, definitely one again, I believe that's prosecuted too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really shows just not just as a director, but Joe Diamano's cinematographer eye too. Just put to great use in that. Film. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's well said. I th- I agree. He was a great cinematographer. Just really, you know, like me and Will said before, he is Italy's hardest working man. <laughs> he was behind. He yeah. was behind every. He was the Renaissance man of exploitation. He's just behind everything, man. And I think he does hold the world record for the greatest number of pseudonyms. Uh, like this guy just had so many. Oh yeah, didn't I forgot? I forgot all the ones that we talked about on our on our Joe D'Amato episode. There's yeah. too many. Dude. Yeah, there was so, so many of them. Was, the best one was the one he directed Deep Blood as. It was like riff, uh, riff something or like it was a really weird one. I forget what the fuck. Oh it was yeah. Called. God damn it! But it, that was his, that was my favorite pseudonym one. But yeah, dude, you can. I remember we gave up in the beginning of. Oh yeah. Well, and they're getting ready to release that Joe D'Amato documentary. And um, I think it's great um, because the cover of it has that uh, Rocco Sigfridi guy, the porn star. Um, It's just got Mm -hmm. him on the cover, like giving his best like orgasm face, his best O face. (laughs) And I'm just like, God damn, like (laughs) you're getting this fucking Blu-ray coming in. It's got like I think it's the Sessonero cover. 
and uh, or maybe Emmanuel on America. It's one of the covers, the the Emmanuel covers, and then it's got on the side, it's got Rocco's fucking O face on it, and I was like, that's what I need on a fucking Blu-ray cover. Right there. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I got to go with David Hills is my favorite just because those were the that was the one he used for his Ator films. Yes. And I've just got such a soft spot. Oh, the Ator films are awesome, man. Yeah, they're just they're so silly. So silly. They need all, they need to release all of them, though. I think I think what the, the only really the first one has released um, the Fighting Eagle. And then I, does, I don't think what Blade Master, the second one. Um, uh, yeah, Blade Master was the second one. Yeah, the uh, or as they call it or as I know it is Cave Dwellers. Wait, OK, OK. Yeah, and then I don't know if the other ones have a release. I do have them torrented, um, but yeah, they're just they're silly movies, but uh, just a lot of fun. I mean, a lot of passion that kind of went into just making that trash back then, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. So, and the third film in the role of Ator, it's Little John from Men in Tights. So, good luck wrapping your head around that one. <laughs> it must have, it must have been a slow year for him. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't find Miles. He was on a coke. Yeah, binge. oh, probably, dude. <laughs> Definitely in his trailer on a coke binge. <laughs> I think both uh, both of uh, Papa D'Amato's uh, famous films were on the video nasty prosecution list. Absurd was on there too. I think. Yep. Absurd's well. an awesome yeah, film. It's so yeah. it's such a it's it's such a like blatant Halloween ripoff, but it's yeah. uh, instead of Michael Myers, you've got Wolverine <laughs> from the X Men as the slasher killer, pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, another another movie that's just it's just so gruesome, you know, just so many like insane deaths in that movie and that fucking annoying kid, that son in it. Oh, my God, dude, he throws that temper tantrum. They're like, change the channel and they change the channel. And he's like, throws that temper. He's like, ah, ah, ah. And he's like stomping his feet on the ground, dude. I would have kicked that fucking kid's ass. And that has the famous dinner scene with everybody yeah. eating spaghetti, but you can tell it's low budget because there's no sauce well, on and, your spaghetti. And, and they're, they're, also the the, they're also having a Super Bowl party, so I don't. And they're wearing three piece suits. It's trying to be so American, yet it's <laughs> yeah, so Italian. Having a Super Bowl party? Let's eat spaghetti in our suits. You know, <laughs> I, said it, I said it on the Joe Damato podcast. I wouldn't mind spaghetti and meatballs at a Super Bowl party, though. To be honest, yeah, with dude, you. give you give you the meat sweats, dude. The Italian meat sweats. <laughs> I love spaghetti meatballs. Sa- saucy, yeah. saucy sweats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> looking, like, looking like George from a Nightmare in a Damaged Brain with my meat sweat. <laughs> Breathing in your sleep. <laughs> ready, to, ready to fucking kick. Imagine that kid from Nightmare in a Damaged Brain and the kid from Absurd together in the same and room. Imagine Bob, too, with him. Oh, fuck yeah. oh God. Like, that's my personal <laughs> hell, man. When I die, I'm going to go to hell, and that's going to be my fucking That would That room. would be your Nightmare in a Damaged Brain right there. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Brain. Oh, yeah. Can you sure. Imagine that. I'd rather fucking take needles to the eye and kick in the fucking dick. Jesus. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Holy fuck. Right. So Mackenzie, what what you you had a couple uh you went over it before what, what, what were your picks? You had a couple really good ones on there. Uh for, yeah, uh, number one uh, off of the uh, I believe it was on the band list uh the Mario Bava classic, the influential Bay of Bu- uh, Bay of Blood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, without this movie, there would be no Friday the Thirteenth. Let's just put that out there right now. And also too uh. A little bit of cues taken from this film by both Sleepaway Camp and Ridley Scott's Alien. I mean, you've got the scene with the squid on the, the dead body's face. Looks just like the face hugger from Alien. And big surprise, uh, the special effects guy, uh, Carlo Rambaldi, worked on Bay of Blood and oh, Alien. Wow. So you that, yep. And just 
one of the greatest kills of all time. The spear through the people having sex. It's just such a great, great shot. Yeah, I actually just recently, I did a rewatch of that. Like, not recently, it was like a couple months ago. But it, it, it is a really fucking, it's, it's a, it really did. It set, it set the standard for like that, that, that modern 80s slasher type deal. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's a phenomenal film. Amazing. Did that get prosecuted? Uh, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know as if it was uh, either one uh, okay. or two, but it was definitely, it definitely wasn't three, but it was definitely one or two. Uh, my next one, my number two is, uh, the only, uh, section three on my list and it's George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead because it's the greatest <laughs> zombie movie ever made. It, it is good. Yeah. I'm more of a day of the dead guy. I don't know if you listened to episodes yeah. before. I'm more of a day of the Dawn of the Dead, but Dawn of the Dead's great. Oh no, day day's good too. But Dawn for me, it's it's always had my heart. Was it, you said that was a section uh, section goblin. three. You said section yeah. three. Yep, yep, section three. Uh, and I'm trying to think because this is Europe. They would have had the Argento yeah. cut. That would have been the version right. they've seen. So I'm I'm curious to see what they would have thought if they had George's version. So that and F- Goblin, great score by Goblin. Oh yeah, that has um, some that's some of the uh, coolest score scenes ever, dude. And and. and history too oh, i yeah. love that fucking scene. and you obviously can see it's a fucking block head when they have blade hits yeah <laughs> they telegraph oh, yeah. that it's, it's, yeah. So funny. it's so good <laughs> look at this alcoholic jeff you had to go grab a beer huh yeah i had to go piss too man <laughs> <laughs> i was like holding it in i was like man should i just piss in this glass or maybe maybe here we go no. <laughs> <laughs> why not man so what ones did what, i'll cut this out what ones did you cover already you did dawn of the dead i'm assuming uh, yep, and uh, number one was Mario Baba's oh, okay. Bay of Blood. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, it sucks that you missed that one. You're you're more of a Baba guy than I. Well, am. I can I can edit. Some, yeah, I love right. Bay of Blood. I think was uh, let me think. I think it was the first Mario Baba movie I actually ever saw. Um, I I I really really enjoy that one. It's super convoluted plot, um, but I feel like Baba was just trying to like have fun with the genre. Um, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Baba was kind of he was pretty unhappy with the direction that horror was moving in because he was known for, you know, more gothic horror movies and people were more so craving the slashers and the, you know, giallo and, you know, more of the kind of violent psychosexual slashing movies. They were starting to move in that direction. So I always have kind of felt like Bay of Blood was uh, Baba's statement kind of on the genre it was kind of his just apathy of like you know fuck these people and i'm gonna give them something i'm just gonna go over the top because the movie is over the top i mean that whole ending when the two kids just on the parents oh yeah that's and you got the silvio cipriani music playing in the background i know it's just yeah and it's so silly (laughs) but yeah i mean and and it's you know and everyone already knows you know friday the 13th has taken you know a number of cues from those movies i mean it's it's kind of uh it's very well known at that point you know the the kills that were taken but um definitely uh really rough for its time i guess christopher lee absolutely hated he left the screening in the middle of the movie because he was so disgusted by it and when you can make and when you can discuss christopher lee that's right you know because he was no you know he was in hercules in a haunted world he was in um uh the whip in the body so he was known for you know baba's more gothic kind of style and, you know, that more artistic style. So, I, you know, obviously he was probably disappointed with the direction that Baba was moving in, um, you know, going in that kind of uh, direction there. And I know Rabid Dogs was another one that um, was another one that I believe Baba made 
as a statement kind of on violent films, because at that point, you know, when rabid dogs came out, uh, you know, movies in the seventies were just so over the top violent at that point. Um, and they were sleazy and that was kind of his statement, you know, on that movie as well. So he was kind of one of those old school directors, but working with a lot of young minds, um, you know, and not really, uh, finding that appeal, you know, that he once had in the sixties, you know, so yeah, I love Bay of Blood. Mm-hmm. It's a, just a great movie in general. Um, but just slasher wise, I mean, so, so, so influential, but, but yeah, what are some other your choices? You did Dawn of the Dead as well. Yeah. Um, Yep, done it. That was number two. Uh, number three, I have Dario Argento's Tenebrae. Great fucking uh, movie. Oh, uh, God. Again, uh, Goblin minus drummer Augustino Morangolo, but they still have the right. other three members. John Saxon, just great in the supporting role as uh, the, the writer's agent. Uh, and just great camera work. Like, there's camera work in here that you would see in, like, uh, later films. Like, The right. Untouchables stole the crane camera shots. Uh Raising Kane when John Lithgow used that same shot of someone right behind another person. And then when the person in front ducked down or bent over, you right. see the person behind them. So it does, a lot of people owe the Dario Argento owe, gets, should get a lot more credit for some of his technical work and not just Ab- for the Absolutely. Gore. I agree. And uh, I think that one has always been to me like Dario Argento at his most misogynistic is just most like, you know, I don't think he's a necessarily a misogynistic person, but I think he just was really going for it at that point. He just really wanted to just fuck with censors and just really that, kind of piss people off. That fucking cut in the fucking arm scene, dude. Oh, yeah. Brutal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, you know, she's sitting there and all of a sudden, and fucking arm goes. And I'm like, holy shit, just the whole wall is saturated. Oh, yeah, yeah. She saturates the whole wall with that fucking yeah, you know, amputation. They have great scenes. And I love the scenes, too, where, you know, a lot of kind of more like, sexual kind of killing you know like where there's stuff in the paper in the girl's mouth and stuff and just really kind of a borderline kind of like uh pornographic kind of scenes you know what i mean mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. kind of rough bds bdsm kind of style stuff yeah, yeah. and he was he was just going for it you know what i mean um because you know you see the same mm-hmm. thing um you know with some some lamberto uh baba's movies you know um you see that kind of that psychosexual kind of really rough, rough kind of killings like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I love that one too. It's a great fucking movie. And I'm, you know, it's not really surprising that it ended up on the list, uh, to be honest. I'm surprised it's not higher up on the list, to be honest. I've always kind of thought that because I think it's a little bit more rough, um, in terms of the sex stuff and just kind of the kills and the, the buildups and the kills, you know what I mean? With a lot of that sexual stuff. That to me would have, uh, you know, I grew up Catholic, so, uh, <laughs> you know, Catholics are very offended by sex, you know, and, and, and pleasure. So stuff like that was, uh, very offensive. Are they really offended by that though? Uh, uh in person they are. Yes. Yeah. Not the uh, Catholic, yeah. not the Catholic priest though. <laughs> yeah. No, no. In private, completely different story, man. <laughs> I was like, you can edit this out, but that was like the first jerk, the joke in the Chappelle special. And he's like, I have fond memories of coming in that priest's face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was so good, dude. I was like, oh, my God, that's so fucked up. Oh, yeah. That was my off-topic portion right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have fond memories of coming in that man's face. Oh, man. That's great. So what else you got on your list, Mackenzie? Uh, let me, uh, let's see. Number four, I have Sam Raimi's oh, The Evil great, Dead. Great yeah. classic movie. 
Classic. Mm-hmm. And uh, has the bragging right of being released both on video and in theaters at the same time during the whole Video Nasties controversy. Because uh, according to one of the heads of Palace Pictures, they thought the video audience and the theater audience is so different. Let's just release it on both mediums and, you know, it's it's going to reach two right, different right. audiences. I'll tell you what about the Evil Dead, man. I, I have a... Uh... I, I probably would never ever see. He might be dead. Who knows? He worked at Blockbuster, my local Blockbuster. This is when I was like eight years old, nine years old, and I'm walking around. And at this point, I'm only renting like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, shit like that, right? And um, he was talking to my mom. He was just like, "Yeah, he's like, you ever, did you, have you guys ever seen the Evil Dead?" And my mom's like, "No, I never heard of it." He's like, "Oh, you gotta rent the Evil Dead." So we rented the Evil Dead that night because of that guy, and that kind of opened up the floodgates because like that was extremely gory when I fucking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I was even though it's comedic gore, I was like, holy. Like this is crazy, you know what I mean? But shout out I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go so far as to say comedic, absurd. <laughs> yes, but they really tried to make a serious yeah, movie yeah, with this did, one. But, but it, yeah. it, it was it was so over the top for me at the time. I think I wasn't thrown yeah. off by it. I was just right. more like, oh shit, like you know what I mean? But yeah, no. Shout out to the blockbuster employee if you're still around. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you guys? Now, do you guys like Evil Dead better than Evil Dead Two? I I'm an Evil Dead Two fan. Uh, I Evil Dead Two, then Army of Darkness, then I would I would put Evil Dead Two as the third. I'm I, I Bruce Campbell in those la- in the latter two films. It's just hard to yeah. deny that he's just he really develops a personality, and you realize how useless Ash is in right. the first movie. Like he's he's like he's like he is literally the final girl, but he's a guy. <laughs> that's that's the way it works. Out. I I like <laughs> Evil Dead. I like Evil Dead Two as well. Um, yeah, I, I just like. I like that one just because it is just so over the top. But I feel like, yeah, it's, it's raw. very raw. But I feel like, you know, Sam Raimi and all them, they kind of came into their own at that point. Like they knew what they were going for mm-hmm. and they had the budget to do it. Um, that whole scene where he's just fucking chainsawing, you know, uh, the, the 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 possessed uh, sister in the in the cellar and just the fucking amount of blood that is just spraying out, dude. That scene so makes it makes me laugh, but at the same time, I'm like, God damn, that is so insane. I actually went to the Evil Dead musical. They do a musical. Um, they do like a tour of it. Oh yeah, I, I saw that did you, in 2010. Did you sit in the, sit in the splatter show, zone? Yeah. I was not in the splatter uh, see, zone. I sat no. in the splatter zone, so I saw it twice. I saw it the first time. I sat in the splatter zone, but I was kind of on the edge, so I didn't get sprayed with any fake blood like too much. But they gave you like a raincoat and stuff. Um, and then the second time I saw it, we sat farther away, but. It was hilarious because, you know, they like pop out with squirt guns and they're just spraying the audience with just fake blood. So some of the people that were just like sitting like directly in the front, when they walked out, they were just drenched in fucking fake blood. (laughs) I mean, it it is. It was a lot of fun. And that's something I always tell people. It's like if you ever get a chance, even if you don't like horror movies, it's just fun because it's 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 more so funny and it's a musical. You know, they mean they turn the Evil Dead movie into a musical and uh the lyrics are hilarious, and then just the the gore and the uh, the practical effects that they use, and then the fact that they kind of you know have the audience interact too is it makes it a good time. So I, I went to a live performance one time, but it, I sat in it wasn't the splatter zone; it was the uh, squirter zone. The squ- yeah. <laughs> was that at was that at the what was it at it the was strip? At, it was, was at the, the carousel, the peep show. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, was it at the strip club and <laughs> nightmares and a damaged brain? <laughs> It's actually, it was set up just like Nightmare in a Damaged Brain, but it basically, if you shot your load, it goes into the window, you get a hundred bucks. You had to like get it in the bullseye. <laughs> That's why you don't want to make How, how oh, much gotta... money did you win that night? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
that you got to aim it in the clown's mouth until the <laughs> yeah, balloon explodes. I didn't get a lot of money. I didn't get a lot of money. I didn't make any money, but I sure got splattered a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Came out there drenched. <laughs> oh, man, that's too much. This is why you can't have good things. All right. <laughs> we got uh, one more, right? Uh, one more. Five. Yep, yep. Uh, my last one, I had to go with uh, one of the most, probably the most gonzo of the video nasties, Bruno Matai's Hell Fuck of the yeah, Living Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Fuck yes, <laughs> that is that is an epic fucking movie right there, man. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like Bruno Matai didn't know what he wanted to rip off. Did he want to rip off Dawn of the Dead? Did he want to rip off Apocalypse <laughs> Now? It's like he he's okay. Why not both? Let's go for it. Let's do it all. Let's yeah. do it all. <laughs> and let's use Goblin's music without their permission, just yeah. to make it even oh, better. Yeah. Insane movie that. Oh, yeah. Santoro, Toro, whatever his name is. Uh, that's like one of my favorite characters in a zombie film. Of Santoro. All. Like, oh god, yeah. Uh, Frank by Whoopi Frank Garfield. Yeah. For no fucking this, like I'm gonna give him a gun. It's like fucking punching round. Like oh dude, fucking. <laughs> is that man. the guy with the fucking like the the bangs? Yes. He's got the long yeah, hair and the bangs. Yep, the longer hair. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that guy's that guy. Isn't he? He's in Rats as well, right? Yep, he I was mean, in Rats. Yeah. He was in the other hell. Yeah, he's, that's he's, it. He's, okay, yep. yep. He's an he's that, all one of, the most, one of the most brutal scenes of all time is in the beginning of Hell of the Living Dead with a rat that gets caught in a hazmat suit. Right. And the guy's getting bit. I'm like, holy fuck, that, that's a terrible way to go. Getting bit <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, ugh. It's and crazy. I have to question their anatomical knowledge because they're like the zombie feasting scene in the beginning. I swear to God, they they take out a guy's liver from their shoulder. It's like, okay, I, I don't think you <laughs> I don't think you opened up an anatomy textbook in a long time, Bruno. But yeah, yeah that <laughs> And oh, I, a great, this great is supposed movie. to be in the jungles of like uh, New Guinea, but yet they go into a house that's like in the suburbs of Barcelona. It's just <laughs> so it's just it's and Bruno Matai, his philosophy was is that he makes films the same way a cartoonist would. They just had to be entertaining and it's absolutely entertaining. Yes, I agree completely. It's a stupid movie, but it's just it's so entertaining. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's that's and I think a lot of that has to do with Fricasso. You know, Claudio oh, yeah. Claudio Fragasso, Fragasso. oh yeah. He he was just such an over the top writer. And uh it was um I forgot what director we were, I, I talked about it with Will before, but um there was a director that worked with him. I think it was Lindsay, maybe Lindsay, can't remember, but uh, who cares? Um but he basically said that Fergasso was really good, he was a good writer. But if you left him alone too long without giving him feedback, his ideas just reached a boiling point of insanity. And it's I think that was like the best description of him whatsoever. Because <laughs> he's, every he's single two, one right? of his movies. What was that? He's tr- he did Troll 2. Right? Yes. Uh, he was yep. Monster Dog with Alice Cooper. Which was another insane fucking movie. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, he, the most insane shit ever is, is that Troll 2 documentary where he tries fighting everybody and shit and just yelling at people and shit. It's right. not a bad movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's so like, unfa- <laughs> yeah, He's sucked as an actor. This, like, he's still talking shit to him and stuff. <laughs> Or you have the guy that, that was asking the one question at the Q&A, how is it Troll 2 if there are no trolls? <laughs> oh, that, that, was, that like set him off. Dude. You can tell by his eyes started twitching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. hell. That's what a great choice. I love, I love, I do love that movie, man. Mm-hmm. Bruno, I wonder Bruno if they set alarms. Man. I wonder if they set alarms for Fergazzo. You know what I mean? Like, all right, we're going to set an alarm in an hour. <laughs> This movie. We need to go check on him and give him. Hey, a- what's the last scene you wrote? Huh? <laughs> Read it yeah. up to us. Bring it up to us and let us check it. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's okay, make now sure let's hear it's all right. What music are you going to use for Zombie 4? And please, God, don't let it be that awful After Death song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I love After Death, man. That one is... That's just, like, so fucking insane, that movie. Um, I, I I have a soft spot for that one. That one... I, I love the ending when they're all, like, the zombie. They all, mm-hmm. like, come back. And they got these, like, personalities and attitudes. I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> Jesus, this is like a fucking fever dream, man. And it's, like, a bit of a, a bit of a tease because at the beginning, you've got, like, some of the best stunt talent. You've got Massimo Vanni. You've got okay. Ottaviano Dallacqua. And it's, like, they kill them off in, like, the first five minutes. Like, what are you doing? Those are, like, the best people you could have had. <laughs> Oh yeah, just oh yeah, great, great, great movies that you know he just went for. And I love that Severin just has like just gone to take crazy with everything. They just release it all. They don't fucking care, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, do great you have a uh, honorable mention? Um, I've got two honorable mentions. Uh, both uh, both of them are from the section three. So these are the ones that would just be confiscated. Uh, one is my favorite of the human Jason films. It's Friday the 13th part two. This is sackhead Jason mm-hmm. yeah. uh, back when he was probably at his most terrifying. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I, I, I have always said like my, it's hard to pick my first, my favorite Friday the 13th, but um, it's either between part four or part two. I love, I love part mm-hmm. two as well. It's just, it was, I love that. He just runs everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, it was still running Jason, you know? And, uh, you know, I love I love the potato sack too. You know, oh, yeah. it's just uh, uh, time that dreaded sundown. Yeah. It's like okay, that the, the Phantom Killer was Jason's dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He just didn't have you know a trombone that he was killing people with. You know, um, but yeah, it, it's I, I do I love I love that one. The kills in it are are great. But mm-hmm. um, what was um what do you do you did you read what was cut on it at all? Because I was I'm looking at it right now. It says the R rated version was passed okay so it was uncut in 1987 so it makes me mm-hmm. wonder what was what was cut um on it but and then downgraded to uncut uh 15 certificate in 2008 okay all right so pg 13 rating that's right. that's more that's more lenient than in america exactly yeah <laughs> might be my favorite my favorite friday the 13th i'm not a big jason guy but part two really is fucking mm-hmm. like I, I love that fucking potato sack and all that it's it's definitely oh, yeah. up there that might be my favorite one to be honest with you you know? And I actually felt sorry for a lot of the victims, like the guy in the wheelchair. He gets it horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that's obviously an inspiration for Bay of Blood. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The, yep. the spear. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Well, no, well, I think even that that machete to the face. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Too. You know, yep. they had that that uh, the billhook knife, you know, because that was the billhook knife. They just, you know, Jason whipped yeah. it, hit him in the face. That's directly from freaking Bay of Blood. You know, that guy opens the door and gets a fucking bill hook right through the fucking face. Um, yep. And then, of course, you know, like you said, this, the, the spear through the back, you know, while the couple's yep. having sex in the bed um, skewered. Um, yeah, for, for sure. Steve Miner probably, you know, oh, should oh, should pay a lot in royalties, I feel like, to, uh, <laughs> to, to Baba for that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the last one I have here is, uh, gosh, one of the. This is the movie that put Fulci on the map, Zombie Flesh Eaters. Oh yeah, great, great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the I had the pleasure of seeing this with a, a crowd earlier this year, and it still holds up. It is still a crowd pleaser. Just the gore, the the Potter's clay makeup, which is just so different from what you would see in other zombie movies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the gore is just insane. I mean, mm-hmm. plus you know, of course, you know, everyone's favorite scene with the zombie fighting the shark. Uh, you know, just these insane Italian moments that uh, a splinter in the eye, another one. Splinter yeah, in the eye, that, yeah. That's you know, one of my favorite are, of all time is a splinter in the eye. Oh, for sure. 
And it's like it's like, you know, that shit that can only happen in an Italian horror movie. You know what I mean? Like, you don't you don't see that yeah. shit anywhere else. It's like, let's have a zombie fight a shark. You know, what? let's take this chick's <laughs> eye and we're going to take a door splinter and or a fucking, you know, window shutter splinter and fucking stick it into her eye, you know. Um, you know, let's let's take Prince's mom from Purple Rain and just have zombies uh, <laughs> eat her. <laughs> it's almost oh, yeah. like as, as as gory as it is, it's like a comfort movie for me now. Like when oh, I hope yeah, I put on zombie, I'm, like, I'm so happy. I'm just like cozy, fucking drinking a beer and just watching. That's like a perfect night for me. You know what I mean? It's a comfort food movie. It's a great, great. It's a great movie just to sit back and relax too. As odd as that sounds, but yeah. it's it's a chill movie. It is, and the and the free, and Fabio Freezy score is fucking awesome too, man. Now, um, who the hell is Giorgio Tucci? Because that's the guy that's credited with working with Fabio Frizzi. I don't know if maybe Giorgio Tucci was kind of like uh, the Alan Howarth, like he was the technical he guy. He might be. I, I know. I know Fabio worked with. Um, he worked with like two other people, mostly in some of the older Fulci movies. But mm-hmm. I don't know that guy. I, I don't know that name. Um, he might just be someone that got credit for helping to write, you know, a, a part or something. I have to, I'll have to look yeah. him up. But yeah, it's a, that's a great soundtrack. Um, you know, some of those some of those tracks on that are, I think, some of the best. You know, obviously the most iconic of you know a, just Italian horror in general. Um, yeah, I love that one. And I, I know some of his other movies are on the list as well. Um, I, I always laugh because New York Ripper didn't even get like the the UK just sent that back. They're like, we don't even, <laughs> we don't even want to watch it, and they just sent it back. They re-exported it. And uh, it was never even released. It was just banned altogether. <laughs> um, and um, I believe House by the Cemetery is on there. Mm-hmm. And then the Beyond. Mm-hmm. And then the Beyond yep. is on. Did it Beyond? Did the Beyond get pushed down? Yeah, Section 2. So Beyond was Section 2. Um, but again, you know, these, I think, let's see. I'm looking at House, looking for House by the Cemetery. House by the Cemetery was fully released. It was released fully uncut as of 2009. So that's another one that's insane. It's just super gory, but I don't really think it's like in, you know, compared to some of these other movies, you know, movies on the section three list that I'm looking at right now, fucking uh, Mark of the Devil. How is that on section three and not any higher? Mark of the Devil. Yeah. Mark of the Devil's a fucked up movie. Like you chicken her tongue ripped out. Just very like these crazy torture scenes. Um, that to me is insane that that's not higher up Be- because it takes place in the colonies and Britain is still bitter about that. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's that's insane to me. Um, because that's a pretty violent fucking movie. And it says, uh, it was released with heavy cuts in for cinema. And then it was finally released uncut in 2013. I believe that's probably the arrow release. When that came out, I'm assuming that was the Arrow release. That was, and uh, I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre is on there, and it's like, what are you going to cut? There's hardly any blood or guts right. in there. Yeah, and it was, yeah, it was refused the cinema certificate, and it was passed on cut in 1999. Another one that's insane. Um, Zombie Lake is hilarious to me. Like Zombie Pussy Lake, Lake. That's what it, yeah. it is not. You know that movie is so hilarious. I, I have a soft spot for that movie. But and that's Jean Rollin too, isn't it? It was. It was. I believe. Yeah. I believe Jess Franco was originally supposed to direct it and backed out, and then Jean Rollin took over. Um, and because Oasis of the Living Dead's not that much better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and these movies, yeah, it's just what the fuck? Because that's on there too. It was past fifteen uncut in two thousand four. But yeah, it's just uh, you know these. It was lists... passed because it was so dark you can't see anything. You don't even know what's going on in the movie. <laughs> right. 
Right. And then the Night Train Murders was section two, which is kind of surprising to me because that's, that be, one I that's, like, that, that's a section one if I ever seen I feel, one. I feel like that one too. Yeah. yeah that was Last House on the Left on a Train. Yeah, yeah, that's a cool little movie, dude. And way more cruel, I think, than Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left, you at least had like those cops in it to kind of lighten the mood up, give some comedy. But yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, great. I, I do like these lists and I and I implore, you know, everyone to kind of, you know, take a look more at the video nasties. Um, you know, uh, Severin released uh, two uh, collections of the video nasties. I'm looking at them right now. They are the definitive guides of video nasties and uh, next Severin sale, definitely pick it up. And uh, <clears throat> for example, disc one or I'm sorry, the first release is uh, part one. And it covers uh, disc one is basically all of the prosecuted films. Disc two is all of the original trailers of the 39 titles that were prosecuted. And then disc three is the original trailers, I believe, for maybe section two, I'm assuming. Um, and then the second release, they go over a whole documentary on kind of uh, the moral panic of it. And then disc two and three is section three. So I feel like Severin's releases are really the kind of the definitive guide for the video nasties. And they really go into great detail. Um, if you look at the hour totals, uh, the first release from Severin is over 13 hours. And then the second release is 13 hours, almost 14 hours. So oh, wow. yeah, you definitely get a lot of bang for your buck with those releases. Um, so definitely check those out. But um Guess I would also uh, recommend there's a great YouTube channel, uh, Lampy Man 101. He gives literally like a college curriculum caliber lesson on all the video nasty films, plus uh, for Section 3 as well. So definitely check out his content. I think I've seen – is he British? Yes, Glenn okay. Criddle. Yep. Mm -hmm. I, think I, I, think I, I think I've seen his stuff before. Um, maybe not, though. I might be thinking of the wrong person, but I know I remember watching some videos on – some video nasty stuff and he was going into detail about it, but I'm going to have to take a look at that. And what, what was the name of it again? Uh, Lampy man, one one Lampy man, one one All right. Definitely Lampy man. I like that. Lampy man. <laughs> I, I, I totally feel honestly, when I was a kid, um, not so much a kid teenager, I used to always like go on a, like the video nasty list to find shit. You can find a lot of good, find a lot of shitty stuff, but you can find a lot of good stuff too. Uh, especially section ones, twos and threes. If you're, if you're a sicko like me, you're going to stick in section one and just swim around there for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, but now there's 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 a lot of good shit. Like Christmas Evil is on section three. Um, you know. That, oh, that's a holiday tradition for me. Every year I watch that. <laughs> Goddamn right. You know. So you know we have we have to bring that up. You know, section three, Christmas Evil, great fucking. It's movie. a better Joker movie than the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's that's a great way yeah, of describing it. Yeah. What's up with the, every time you bring up Christmas Evil? Remember our last episode, AJ was bringing up the Joker a million times. Yeah, now what the fuck? Still, what's and going it on? comes back up again. <laughs> I think we're living in a simulation right now. You know, and one additional selling point. Here's another selling point. It's John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you were talking about. Will Will was mentioning that last time. Um, yeah, he he shows it a lot in, in personal showings. That's awesome. I was saying uh, I, I'm coming off my own personal simulation right now. I'm starting to come back. <laughs> this whole fucking, this was a this was a ride the whole time. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Pretty wild. I usually don't get high before podcasts. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get a little. I still think 
uh, Mac, uh, me and me and uh, Jeff were gonna eat an edible and go over Mandy and uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Just oh, high God, up. Yeah. <laughs> Great fucking movie. Yeah. We're, not, we're only gonna get we're only gonna get thirty minutes in and we're just gonna be like done let's stop the video zoning out oh, nah. <laughs> nah, if, if i did i would take an edible and watch a racer head that's, oh there we go there we go now you're asking for a panic attack yeah like, well, actually, Man- mandy's a panic attack too if you're that stoned oh but, god yeah yeah see that one scene where uh, when he's talking to mandy they fucking cult guy and shit oh man. and he strips naked and shows his yeah, <laughs> obviously like uh some blue velvet kind of scene right there, man. <laughs> um, so I think, um, you know, Mac, you should, you know, plug your shit, whatever you want to do. Come up any. Uh, yeah. Shit yep. Mackenzie. Uh, Yep, uh, uh, Mac in the Movies. You can find me on Podomatic, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Playlist, Apple. Uh, I've got the comic book that I'm going to be working on in January. That's uh, inspired by Jalo. That should hopefully be out hopefully uh, mid next year. Uh, and then I've got a YouTube. I've got you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Twitter. My handle for the holiday is Blitzenkrieg, so you'll be able to find me under that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. man, I was, just, but, I was listening to some of your episodes uh, last. I listened to the most recent one. I, I was laughing. There's a lot of a lot of good shit in there too. It's very good. So I'm gonna keep on listening. I just uh, Jeff Jeff introduced me to you a few. Uh, I think like a month back or something like that. So you know, I, I started listening to it last night while I was cleaning. You know, I was stoned as well, so I made it. Made it <laughs> <laughs> I'm always stoned. But um, <laughs> also, I, I appreciate you coming on, and I, I can't even do the other episode with you too. I already have I already have my pick of what I'm gonna talk about with that one. So ah, nice, I, yeah. I'm not really a video game guy, but uh, I I love Manhunt, the movie or the the game Manhunt. Ah, uh, that's a sick, twisted, wonderful game. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be a video yeah. nasty. Uh, video, uh, be a video Absolutely, game. Absolutely, man. And the, the <laughs> soundtrack of that is literally like a Serbian film soundtrack. Yeah. That techno weird, like you know what I mean. So I was like, as oh, you're bashing me. some dude's head in with a bat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you've got Brian oh, Cox just delivering that. That amazing voiceover, yeah. Oh yeah, that was great, great game, man. I can't wait to talk about that. So, yeah, we got we got some good shit coming up uh, with Mac. We're gonna go, we're gonna go on his channel and uh, pollute it a little bit. Yeah, uh, get ready, get ready to edit that. Have fun with this. <laughs> I might actually have to use the explicit uh, selection on the podcast. You might have to. You absolutely are gonna have to. <laughs> Mac in the movies. See, that's that's a fucking easy one to remember. I'm just dumb and high all the time. <laughs> Mac in the movies, yo. Everyone has to check that shit out. And uh, I'm glad we did this collab. And we have another one coming up that's gonna be really fucking cool. Um, it's totally you know out of the ordinary for me. I'm not the biggest person uh, on that topic, but it's gonna be fun to get out of my comfort zone. I know Jeff's got his dick out. He's ready for it too. I got it uh, out right now, buddy. <laughs> he's hogging, baby. <laughs> Hold on that top. All right, everybody, uh, I hope you have a great night, great morning, great afternoon, whatever it may be. And uh, as always, go fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> there we go. I'm 